I'll tell you what, it gives me great pleasure to introduce our next speaker. And the next speaker is Jacob Compton. I know him really well. He is, uh, I can speak confidently about his ability uh, to live and love and serve the Lord. It's, it's been great to see him grow, to see him become the man that he's become. And uh, I'll tell you what, he preached a really great sermon a couple Wednesday nights ago. Uh, and uh, he's done some great uh, uh, meditations. And so, really appreciate this young man. I've asked him to do the evening devotion. He's going to bring a couple of scriptures. And then uh, he's going to ask for prayer requests. And I pray that we would really dig deep down, think about you know our need to become perseverant men and uh, decide on really what do I need? What do I need to be that perseverant man so that we could be in prayer uh, for the men, the congregations that are represented here. All right? And so, Jake, I'm going to go ahead and bring you on. Let's give it up for Jacob Compton. Woohoo! There you go. First time putting this on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put this in your pocket. Okay. You have your Bible. Oh, it's right there. Yeah. Okay, you're good to go. Cool. Awesome. I'm going to go ahead and steal one of your concluding statements. You can. Do you want to use this or no? Uh... Sure. Do I just stick this? Okay. Let me see. Cool. Let me see to make sure. Yep, you're recording. Cool. I'll I'll take that. So I'm gonna steal my dad's concluding statements. Uh, We need not fear. And when it comes to prayer, well, you have a big head. Um, When it comes, when it comes to prayer, I should say when my dad first asked me to teach a lesson on prayer and perseverance um my first thought was daniel right because um daniel showed incredible courage in the face of death knowingly and he continued to pray right so let's go ahead and turn over to daniel and i'm just gonna give you a quick little rundown um so we know daniel was captured right and he was taken away and he was enslaved and he and a bunch of his buddies um, were taken into the court of the king. And I should probably focus on where I'm going instead of talk. Um, so he got captured. He was in exile. He was in captivity. And he's made um, part of one of the servants in the king's court. I'm just going to hold this. Um, and over time, he worked his way up in the favor of the king, and soon he's one of the head guys, right? He's one of the governors. And uh, a bunch of his, I guess, colleagues, his co-governors, did not like him, right? He's a man of God. He's living the, he's living the life, and they hate it because, right, they're hypocrites. They don't like being, you know, put the, the spotlight on them. So they come up with this plan to try and get him killed. And we know that right now the devil is not going to play fair, right? We're in a fight. He's not going to play fair. And that hasn't, that hasn't changed from the very beginning. So the devil is trying to take him out and he's not going to play fair, right? So uh, let's pick it up in, uh, let's just say verse 10. So they have the king sign this document saying that if you pray to any other god besides the king, you're, you're a dead man. They're going to kill you. So let's pick it up in verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had windows open towards Jerusalem. And he continued to nail, praying on his knees, 
three days praying and giving thanks before God uh, as he had done previously. So the people knew he was praying, and that's why they got the document signed, right? They wanted to get rid of him. Daniel knew that it was signed. He knew this was in effect. He knew he was going to die if he prayed. And you also got to think, he was in exile. He was in captivity. He had a lot to lose over those few years that he built up his reputation of the king, right? He had a lot to lose. And he did it. He just was, this was the right thing to do. He was going to pray. There is no doubt in his mind. He knew that it was going to happen. So what does that mean for us? We see Daniel. He was perseverant. He was the example. What does that mean for us? So let's go over to Ephesians. And Ephesians 6. I think it's 6. Yeah, Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to... I guess we're just starting verse 10. So Daniel had a massive fight on his hands, and he stuck it out and he prayed. So let's start in verse 10. It says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of weakness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith, which you are able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the devil, or of the evil one, uh, and take up the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, Pray at all times in the Spirit, with this in view, be on the alert, with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Um, so just like Daniel, we have a fight on our hands, right? And I think it's not a coincidence that in this very well-known fight verse, the scripture about fighting, that Paul, through the revelation of the Spirit, he puts prayer in there. Prayer is an essential part of our fight. So what are we going to do, right? Here in these days, we don't have laws saying that they're going to kill us for praying. But we have eyes on us. Just at work the other day, um, me and my coach, we went to break. And we have uh, at work. So I work at TSA, right? And we have a break room. And of course, we can't all take break at once. So we take it in shifts. And there's like two or three people in the break room at one time. And so we sit down, I start to eat, I pray, and I notice as I'm done praying, I didn't pray aloud, I just bowed my head and closed my eyes, and as I raise my head, I look across the table and my, my coach is like staring at me, and he has this face of shock, and my thought was, I'm the weirdo of the group, he's watching me now, he knows that I'm a Christian now. Um, so my thought is, what are we going to do when we have eyes on us? When it gets to the point of, just like Daniel, when there's a law passed, or it's just um, people hate Christians, 
what are we going to do? Are we still going to pray like Daniel did, open our windows and let people see that we're living the life, or are we going to cower and not hide? Are we going to persevere in those hard times, or are we going to kind of brush on the rug and be like, yeah, I'm a Christian. No one needs to know. Um, so that's my question to you. How are we praying right now? Are we going to do it when it's hard, if we're not doing it when it's easy? Nope. It's easy. If we're not doing it when it's easy, we're not going to do it when it's hard. So that's my little, um, I guess, lesson. And my question for you to ask yourself this week, are we going to do it when it's easy? Or are we going to wait for when it's hard? Because we're not going to do it when it's hard. So with that, what, what a prayer request do we have this week? What can we be praying for each other? Bill. I pray that I would be the James chapter 1. Consider it all joy, man. That mindset is crucial. So if you could pray that particular scripture for me, I would appreciate it. Do you think Daniel was praying that? I think Daniel was praying that. He's praising God even though he was had a crosshairs on him. Anything else? Could be anything. Uh, I think think for me, uh, particularly at work right now, I mean, it's there's really such a great opportunity uh, for me, but it's just super nasty. Uh, just from top to bottom right now in that department. And so it's, it's, it's been a real challenge for me uh, just to, to stay super positive and, and be encouraging to all those and be that example. Um, you know, so far, been able to maintain pretty well. But, you know, when you're working 16-hour shifts and you're getting three hours sleep and working another 16-hour shift, that just alone just worries you down. Mm -hmm. uh, besides the, the backbiting, I'll be honest with you, I, there's like two people in that entire department that I can say that I trust. And the rest of them, you have no idea. And so with everything going on with us anyway, now mm -hmm. we're infighting, and you have to be concerned about more about somebody stabbing in the back from the inside than from the outside. Um, you know, morale is at an all-time low. So I've really been, been working hard um, just to, to, to be like Jesus, you know. And, and you're going to hear it tomorrow. And, and, it's the mindset of, of, it's the warrior mindset. Um, I tell myself probably 50 times a day, be a warrior. Be a warrior. And I keep telling myself that, you know, be a warrior like Jesus. You know? um, somebody said the other day, you know, they're asking about, you know, so thankful. You guys are such heroes. And I, and I tell them, like, I don't want to be a hero. I want to be a warrior. Hmm. You know, and, and for us, it's, it's, a, it's a warrior for Christ first. Uh, but it's also a warrior for others to see. Because when you go into battle and you see it in battles uh, all the time, you have you have a lot of good men, but usually there's one. Our one is Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, We need to be that one for everybody around us. So I guess that's my prayer is that, that I would be the one, you know, especially there, uh, that can be a positive influence you know, on, on so many people. 
because it's just to be honest with you, it's just nasty there right now. It really is. So, and that's not a good thing you know, for, for us to be in, especially with what we do, right? Yeah. And if you only knew, if you only knew what went on, uh, and it's just not this department. It's everywhere. So, uh, anyway, just you know, prayers for me that I can keep, you know, just being being that being that guy, you know. Working hard trying to do that. Ken? I think part of what you're saying, Brian, there goes along with, of course, my my prayers. First off, I'm thinking about the country. It's the first thing that came to my mind. Because the country, with all the nonsense that's going on here, they're dividing all of us in different ways, which leads to some of the stuff you're talking about there within yourselves at work. So, yeah, my, I am really disturbed about the stuff that's going on in the country. and, and But, I, again, I need to not make that to be my priority or my first <laughs> concern. Um, yeah, I need to, to know the signs of the times. Um, I guess, I guess the real most important thing that and you guys have heard what I've said recently uh, in my prayer meditation that the conversation about Nehemiah and, and the whole what he was going through um, to spin it out I guess I, I pray that we would as as God's people would look around at the condition of the spiritual temple that our hearts would be broken and moved to action as Nehemiah did Um, because spiritually the, the church is somewhat in ruin I mean I agree I think we get you what you're saying. Yeah. We wouldn't be in this spot if... I'm not saying that any of us are flawed or anything. We all have our problems, but like, if the church had done our job in the first place, we, our country wouldn't be here in the spot that we are. And we wouldn't have to, we wouldn't have to live Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 13. Because the church would have done the job and our country wouldn't be what it is. Nothing new under the sun. I mean, this is the way it's always been. Times got tough, mm-hmm. and then people all of a sudden start crying out to God with, throughout the book of Judges over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when times got easy, everybody kicked back and said, wow, you know, this is great life. But they turned their backs on God instead. So we as men of the church need to be like Nehemiah. Amen. Builders. Absolutely. I think we need to realize, too, that we, there are still a lot of people lost out there. And, and we need to, to keep our focus on on saving as many as we can before the, the end time. And it's going to take all of us 
It's not going to be one person. It's going to take all of us in, that are in the kingdom to keep that focus. Because we're waiting for that one last stone. Mm-hmm. One last stone. Living matrix. Yeah. So we need to keep that focus. Well said. And I think for me, um, just being young, I have a lot of ambitions and having to self-evaluate and realize how many of those ambitions are temporal and how many don't really matter. And having to, kind of like what you were saying tonight at dinner, Jeremy, this isn't our home, you know? If we're too worried about America going under, then, I mean, yes, it is important that we should worry about our country and where it's going, but if we're too worried about our physical country and not worried about our spiritual country, we kind of missed the point. And for me personally, to realize how many of those self-ambitions are, are rolled up in this physical realm and how many are not and things that I need to have as my ambitions rather than what I do have, so. God says that we're resident aliens here. Yep. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Seems like an awesome Re Resident <laughs> aliens. <laughs> resident meaning you're here for official duties, mm -hmm. uh, according to that scripture, uh, but also you're an alien because this is not our home. Mm -hmm. somewhere else. So we're here to perform duties, official duties, and of course those duties are of, of Christ. Um, but that we're still aliens. So we're resident aliens, is what God says. The, the, the turmoil, though, is that our official duties are often sidetracked by our personal ambitions. So that's really the Isn't that the battle? Yeah, that's really the battle. Yeah. Right? I mean, ultimately, if it doesn't matter on the other side of the clouds, it doesn't matter. Period. Mm hmm. And especially at my age, it's a hard pill to swallow. It really is. Uh, anything else? May I also add, though, it's so important for us to recognize that God needs good men and women in every station and walk of life. And so if we're men of integrity and we're persevering in our faith, that whether it's TSA or it's firefighting or it's a sales representative or it's a police officer, or if it's someone working in a mill or designing cat systems or teaching kids how to wrestle and building houses. In every walk of life, God needs a man there who's perseverant because as Ken said, it's going to draw people out of darkness into the light. And we need to take the opportunities that we get to draw people in. Evangelism isn't just for the evangelist. It's for everyone. And it's not that difficult. It's just loving and caring about people. And when you have their trust and their ear, you share the love. Jeremy was saying that that uh, church at Wasion, how many years ago? It was only six people? Twelve people. Twelve people. About, it's been, it's been probably ten or twelve years ago. Twelve years they went from twelve people to? They, they're over a hundred every single Sunday. Hmm. <laughs> 
so that it is. Exponential growth. Yeah, so their commitment is to everybody is responsible for working to help people be comfortable. Not just the evangelists. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Amen. Anything else? Okay, let's go to God in prayer. Lord God in heaven, I'm listening to each and every prayer request it has a very similar theme that each and every one of us would look at our lives, look at our hearts, and look in the mirror of the Word of God that we would compare and um, judge ourselves and that we would fall upon the rock instead of how the rock fall on us. I pray that you would help us to um, have that considerate all joy um, mindset that whenever we encounter those trials and, and temptations that we would consider all joy that we're able to test our faith and able to um, forge that steel to um, further the, the, the kingdom and I pray that you would help us to um, be able to live our lives at work or home or wherever that we would realize that the fields are white for harvest we just need to be that light and that harvester to um, guide the people to Christ and that ultimately will spill over to our country that if we're able to um, win the hearts um, of those around us that um, that will eventually um, turn the base of our country um, the population turn them back to you and that we have seen in history over and over again that when a country um, rejects you as its sovereign authority that it will fall and sadly our country is headed that way but I pray that you'd help us to have that mindset that spiritual mindset to see um, that we have a great opportunity that we're able to take as many people with us as we can um, and that we would be able to stand together and that we would um, be that light in the ever growing the ever darkening world um, I pray these things in Jesus name Amen, amen. Thank you.